Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Welcome everybody to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corman and I am joined as always by Emmanuel Panglis. Emmanuel, how are you? How was your weekend? Michael Corbin, my weekend was fantastic. Other than the fact I spent a lot of it with you. Yeah, all four days. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bit too much. Four days. The weekend's only two days, <laughs> but okay. Um, yeah, I was on the uh, Gold Coast attending to some serious uh, business. Um, I won't disclose much. I can say that I did not watch Souths at the them. stadium. We saw them <laughs> twice. We attended venues they attended. Um, that's enough said on that. But um, just... Quickly, before we jump into things, it was awesome to watch the highlights of that game. Fox League has a 30 minutes best of package um, for the game of the week, and I watched that last night, and it was try after try after try. You had young players, you had very old players, you had the big and the small all going at it, so very exciting stuff to watch. But we're not here to praise South, so we're here to critique the Tigers. Yes. So, go! <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? How many years have the Tigers not made the finals? Is it nine? I think it's nine, which is fitting. Which is very fitting. They they really should be called the ninth blunder of the world from yeah. now on. Um, <laughs> um, look, we've spoken about this, like we spoke about it a few weeks ago. Luke Brooks, maybe the most experienced player to never play a, a fi- make a finals appearance. And... News came out after their drubbing by the Manly Seagulls, 40-6, to 6, I believe it was, mm-hmm. uh, that Michael Maguire is on the hot seat. This was no surprise to me, but it is still, I think, undeserved. I think that the Tigers' problem is not the head coach, which they've had about five in the last six years. It's the organisation. It's the institution, and they have failed that team. The recruiting has failed that team. The board has failed that team. And the only people who have been getting the blame recently is the coach from the board, and the board needs to take a hard look at themselves and probably step down. Yeah, well, I'm not going as far as saying that the board is going to step down, but there's a few issues here that need to be unpacked. The Tigers are up to their fifth coach in nine years. The first of those coaches was the coach that won them the premiership. Tim okay, Sheen. Tim Sheens. Yeah. Now, understandably, fatigue amongst the playing group can set in uh, with a coach that's been there a long time. It, it can happen. There are also circumstances where it doesn't happen. Uh, we know Wayne Bennett was there at Brisbane for 20 years. Craig Bellamy's been at Melbourne for 20 years. Trent Robinson's won three premierships in nine. But, you know, occasionally... Having a coach that's won a premiership, sometimes it's time for a fresh start. Problem with the Tigers is they haven't been able to identify themselves since the Tim Sheens era. Okay, they have they they have not been able to do that. 
In, in that period of time, um, Luke Brooks has become their established number seven. Um, but is it a point now in, and I know it's really easy to pile on Luke Brooks and he is not to blame for all their issues, but is, are we at a point now, is the club at a point now where it is just rewarding mediocrity? Would the club tolerate someone that, that has played in that many games continuing as their number seven after having played so many games without any big game experience? Would you be able to do that? Probably not. I can't imagine the Roosters or Souths who are currently letting go a premiership winning halfback and the Roosters who let go of a premiership winning halfback in Mitchell Pearce, mind you, to get another premiership winning halfback, or Cronulla. Look at Cronulla. They've just let go of a premiership winning halfback too. Premiership winning halfbacks are hard to come by, but these are teams that are kind of like, okay, it's time to renew and refresh. The Tigers have not renewed and refreshed on what they've got, which is someone that has not won any games and has not shown themselves on the big stage. Now, the problem with trying to replace Luke Brooks is where the whole systemic problem with the Tigers comes in. They don't have the ability to attract big-name players to come in. They, 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 I don't think there is such a problem there with juniors because um, I believe they, that they do have a rather big pool of, of juniors, um, but the problem is attracting and maintaining talent at that club. Uh, we know the big names that have left there in previous years uh, or have not been drawn to the West Tigers due to the fact they're not a, they're not a winning club. They don't, me, mediocrity runs through their veins. Yeah. And I, this is a serious long-term problem. And, and part of this problem, I think, stems from, well, what do the West Tigers stand for? What do they stand for? That It's the Balmain Club and the Western Suburbs Club that merged 20 years ago. But that's 20 years ago. Like... You've got, to, you've got to move on from that. I appreciate playing the games at Leichhardt and Campbelltown and satisfying the factions, but when you're playing at Leichhardt and Campbelltown and Bank West and Stadium Australia, where are you? Pick an area. It's, it's four, five million people in this city, and basing yourself out of inner city, Sydney, is probably not the best idea. Look at yeah. the teams that have folded out of inner Sydney, Sydney. Annandale, Glebe, Newtown. University and South struggled for a long time in the inner city Sydney. It's it's not the area to be. Go identify yourself out at Campbelltown and and find talent out there. Find talent out there. Be the team between Penrith and Canberra. Be the team that geographically located. Yeah, look what Penrith did. Penrith understood that they were other than Canberra, they were the westernmost team in the competition basically. And they pulled all the players from regional New South Wales, your Dubbo's, your Oranges, your, uh, your where Forbes, where Charlie Staines is from, right? All these all these players have been pulled from all regional New South Wales, and they've now got this organisation and this young pool of players who have come up through the Penrith system, have been successful the whole way through the system, and it's showing at a premiership level now. Tigers haven't done that. And you mentioned the big names, Tedesco, Moses, Fafita, Tapao, all these players, they all left because they didn't, because the Tigers may have given up on them a little bit, but there was not enough to keep them there and attract them there because they're not a winning club, as you said. They're a mediocre club. And after after five coaches in nine years, you can't keep blaming the coaches. No. Michael McGuire has been at this for one and one ga- one season and seven games. How can you and and 
I think that the what the board is saying right now is they believe they have recruited well and this team is a premiership winning team. When we did our predictions at the start of the season, did we have our or a, a finals uh, contending team? Did we have this team pegged to be in the finals? No. No. So how? Why does the board think that? Yeah. Um. It's a uh, and to clarify, uh. I'm not saying that the Tigers are the ones that need to focus. Of all the clubs, they're not the only ones that need to focus just on developing players. It's no. something that everyone should be doing. No, I agree. However, this is the problem, and I think the Bulldogs are a bit like this too at the moment. This is the problem when you're relying so much on attracting players through a checkbook. Canterbury had uh, Des Hasler there, premiership winning coach, were able to attract talent, and are now seeing the pitfalls of a couple of years of Dean Pay and... Now they've got Trent Barrett there again and they're starting to attract players again. But if you're struggling to attract players and you don't have a big pool to develop players, you're naturally going to struggle as a team. There is The Tigers have been... Uh, no, I'm not going to say at the bottom because they haven't been at the bottom. They've been not competitive enough. Okay, Medi- they've, been, Medi- they've just been... It's mediocre. mediocre. It's just mediocre for so long that what is the appeal for someone? They've picked up someone like James Tamo at the end of their career who can probably bring a lot of leadership skills off the field. Other than that, they've picked up James Roberts, who is on the South scrap heap, who is not, not in good form at South. He looks so uninterested at the moment as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Josh Reynolds was meant to be the big playmaker for them. Not but like and the Bulldogs didn't want him. Yeah, Bulldogs didn't want him. They're they're picking up people's rejects. Adam, like Adam Dewey was a good signing. I think Adam Dewey's a good player. Yeah. Uh, Moses Mbai was another one of those guys who just like like Josh Reynolds. You never actually knew what position he played. Right. He doesn't have a, a typical position in the NRL, and you've gone and paid him big money. Uh, we've spoken about Luke, Luke Brooks, obviously. Corey Thompson was a star for the Titans the other night. Exactly. Aaron they let Woods, him go. They let and him walk. in fairness to um, the Tigers, Aaron Woods never really recovered from leaving the Tigers. No. And probably shouldn't have gone. Mitchell Moses left Parramatta, to, uh, left the Tigers to go win a premiership, hasn't done so. But the fact that Parramatta is not a club, it, it's a top four club, but it's not a club that's been in grand finals and had success no. in the last 10 years. No. What but about, he still what, chose to go. What about right? They let they let Ryan Pappenhausen walk. Yeah, yeah, and I think well, yeah, and that's a big one, isn't it? And then Harry one. Harry Grant was there last year and obviously brought some leadership, and I think it covered up a lot of the systemic problems the Tigers might have had last year. I agree. I they also also Moses Embai yeah. was also meant to be a big purchase for them, who had mixed success at the Bulldogs. Yeah. He's like I like I just said. He's never really had a position. No one knows whether he's a centre or fullback or five eight. They've played him at hooker, and he just doesn't seem to fit in. But it was someone that they earmarked as like a marquee player for them. I just don't think he can do that for someone who whose position is undefined in the NRL. Yeah, and you know, the other- I'm, I'm, yeah, there's there's a lot of issues with the Tigers, and I I think what we're trying to say is Michael Maguire is not the problem. And getting rid he's, of him... He's not the entire problem. He's not the entire problem. I, I don't agree that he is not part of the problem, though, because if he's... And this could be because of a lack of talent, but his final two years at Souths, he wanted to play the same game he played in the first three years with the same roster and absolutely struggled with it. So if his game plan 
has not developed and changed to allow and adapt to the more free-flowing style of football, South's 2014 game plan was to belt them up the middle. We had the biggest pack in the comp, the most intimidating pack in the comp. That's how you won the premiership. But if his game plan is still based around a forward pack like that, then he's probably not cut out for it. Having said that, he's he's coached at successful clubs. He's he coached. He was the attacking coach at the Storm when they won those comps that they that they were stripped of. He he coached the Premiership at Souths. He won a Premiership in Wigan. He's clearly got appeal. Um, he's clearly got talent there to coach. The problem is is can does he still appeal? We know he left Souths on not very good terms with some of the players because of his coaching style. But at the same time, do people criticise Craig Bellamy if he wants to run tough fitness regimes pre-season? No. no. Uh, I, I think it's expected out of teams like that. But it's, it's almost like a cultural thing. Tigers just... You never hear Tigers players wanting to put in the extra effort. Yeah. Unlike... Like, a couple of years ago, Ryan Madison complained the training sessions were going on too long at that team. Yeah, uh, like little things like that. You, you hear that, and you're like, "What's wrong culturally? Culturally with this team?" Yeah, you can't, and like you can't coach attitude. No, attitude is not the coach's problem. So, anyway, they got their work cut out for them. Yeah, I agree. All right. So another big story out of this weekend was. The impact of uh, the judiciary on, you know, we, we saw last week, we were mentioning, will Luttrell get four weeks? Uh, Jack Hetherington got five weeks. Um, Paul Myronsky got three weeks. All these suspensions. And got Radley ended. got off. And Radley got off. Yeah, because he's the Roosters and whatever. We know the Roosters run the competition National Roosters League. We've all heard the stories. Um, Did you know that Radley and Luttrell had the same lawyer? Did they? Yeah. I didn't know that. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> after after the Roosters game on the weekend against the Dragons, uh, Trent Robinson uh, did his post-game presser and made the point that what's the point of suspending someone for three or four weeks when the team who has copped the punishment for losing a player to a high shot, uh, that team doesn't get any benefit. So... Tedesco was taken out of the game on the weekend for a high shot, definite high shot, failed his HAA. The Roosters got the 18th man, right? But the 18th man is not James Tedesco. Now, I'm not saying that because it's James Tedesco, the Roosters should get all the, all this extra exemption or whoever it is, Latrell Mitchell, Ryan Pappenhausen, whoever gets taken off, they don't, like there's no special exemption for that. But the team who loses a player because of foul play from the other team doesn't get any benefit from a five-week suspension for uh, a high shot, Right. The punishment should be more heavily weighted to uh, the the current game and what happens on the field rather than a leading uh, taking players out for weeks on end. Yeah, I like it, but what if the referee makes the wrong call? What if it should have been a sin bin instead of a send off? What if it should have been a send off instead of a sin bin? What's what's the whole point of the video ref then? What if the incident happens in the seventy eighth minute? And the player is knocked out and as part of a concussion, they can't pay for two weeks. Then the Roosters, oh, if, Tedesco, like... if Tedesco's concussed next week, okay, under your system, then what happens? They oh. still they still fall out. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 get agree. It. I agree. I agree. I, I agree. It. It's hard because like if someone gets taken out for foul play, there, there might be a long-lasting injury. Yeah. Right? But 
And I, I still think there are like need for suspensions in this game, but I just these four or five week suspensions are there. Like no one wants to see Latrell on the sideline for five week, four yeah. weeks, right? Kids, as as Robinson so so rightfully put it, no one watches the judiciary on a Tuesday night. They watch the product. Yeah. During the game. Yeah. I, no one no one wants to see these big long suspensions. I'm I'm saying move the weight of the punishment more towards the game rather than after the fact. You're yeah. still gonna have after the fact. You can find the players. You can you can send them away for a week or two. Not these five weeks. But the trolls one did not deserve four weeks when uh, Jordan Pereira is only getting three for absolutely knocking out Tedesco. Yeah, there's a lack of consistency. The consistency is terrible. And the the um, tackles are classified in three categories of careless, reckless, and dangerous. Dangerous, I think. Yeah, yeah. which is well, what. Isn't every tackle technically the, the, a dangerous tackle? The match, the match review committee. Look, we're not blaming the judiciary. It's the match review committee are handing out these grades, and the judiciary doesn't have the all the judiciary's job is to find guilty or not guilty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I found this. Um, was it Gus on a hundred percent footy last night made a mention of the fact that at the NRL judiciary, you can only argue your evidence based on other previous tackles where a player has been found guilty yeah. to distinguish why your player should not be found guilty, which is absolutely ridiculous because it means that for all the times that a player is not charged for a similar tackle, you can't shed light on the fact the match review committee might have got it wrong. Yeah. So there there's was, no, no accountability. There was an instance, again, in the Roosters game, this is a game that I, I watched heavily, Joseph Manu got, uh, got high tackled by Tarek Sims. Yeah. But... He ducked under and scored a try. Nothing came of it. Yeah. Because the match review committee missed it. But if Joseph Manu stays down there, what happens? Yeah. Well, there you go. He doesn't score the try. <laughs> doesn't score the Have try. Have try. Yeah, maybe. Eight-point try. Who knows? Um, yeah. Look, the only problem the only problem I have is it puts more pressure on referees. And that, that's, the, that's the only thing I'm going to say is it puts more pressure on referees who get criticised regardless of what they do. But I agree that in the heat of battle, in the heat of battle, they have a better feeling of what's going on out on the football field than pretty much anyone else. Yeah. It's you can't review, you can't, and, and you make the great point about um, Joseph Manu and Tarek Sims. You can't. That was in the heat of the moment, okay, yeah. and in the lead up to a try, and he played on. Yeah. If you went back to charge that as the match review committee do twenty four hours after the game. It's stupid and so out of out of context. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not saying that Tarek Sim should have been charged for that. I'm just saying that that's not like if if what if the precedent is hitting someone around the neck gets you uh, a penalty and gets you uh, on report, they miss that one, right? I don't think he should be suspended for that shot. I think it was a, like it wasn't dangerous. Another one for Josh Curran, for example, had a head clash with um, Melbourne's fullback Nico Hines, I think it was, yeah. and. The head clash, because uh, the Melbourne players stayed down, uh, he went to the bin and he's now facing two weeks on the sideline when he did nothing illegal. Yeah. I don't know. This is this is like, what's the point? Like, if the bunker's missing this stuff, I, I don't know. This it, It's frustrating. People are getting calls wrong. And, yeah, I just, and I, I just don't like the fact that we're also seeing, like, these massive suspensions. 
Have you guys got a solution? If you're listening, please tune in. Uh, oh, sorry, please message us and uh, yeah, let us know. We actually, we really want to know solution. what the best solution to this yeah. is. Um, so please message us, uh, DM, comment, whatever you like. We, we really want to know um, what you think the solution is to this because it, it seems to be causing more problems. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of... Um, this is like the third or fourth week in a row that we've had to speak about it because yeah. it's, it's the big topic in NRL at the moment. It's annoying. Yeah, there's a lot of hype around it. So yeah. keen to hear what you think. Yeah. All right, let's 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 get rid of all the bad stuff and let's actually talk about some actual on-field products, actual footy. Uh, let's head into round eight. Round eight. Round eight. But before we do that, should I just check in on our tipping ladder? Let's do it. Nick Saturas once again in the lead. Um, followed by Alex B, who got six out of eight this week. Well done to you, mate. Um, tied with Jimmy Stavrianis, who got five. Then in fourth place, yours truly on 39 points, followed by Paul Saturis, who has jumped significantly with his six out of eight, and he is coming fifth on 38 points, tied with Joel Kane and Anthony P. And Michael Corbin, back in the mix. Welcome back to the top of the ladder. Thank you. Got a nice six this weekend. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. I saw that. Yeah. And so did um, Tom S as well. And um, Zach B and Mark V are also on 38 points. Um, notable mentions to John O.M. and Camilla S, who also got six out of eight, as well as um, Mary Kay, Nicholas J, Eleni B. Uh, shout out to you. And... Because don't want to forget that one again. And um, a commendable 20... F- and the bottom of the ladder in a commendable 25, four points behind everyone else, is we'll see. So keep it up, mate. So round eight kicks off on Thursday night in the nation's capital with Canberra hosting South Sydney. Canberra have been mightily underwhelming. Mightily is an understatement. They are currently they. <laughs> I wish we t- live stream just so people could see your reactions just then. Like, okay. They 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 were a team that I thought would be top four, a shoe in for top four. Uh, they lost to the Cowboys on the weekend. Um, they have been struggling all year, and Ricky's Ricky's really trying to fire up this team. I'm looking at the team list now. No Josh Papali, not injured, not suspended, just dropped. Rested. Rested. <laughs> Apparently, Ricky said Josh needs to find uh, the old Josh. Because he's not playing to form at the moment. They're trying something new. Um, and, yeah, there's this this team is just... They're not performing. And they are perennially slow starters. Last year, they started slow and then ramped up towards the back end of the season. Um, ended up finishing in fifth. But... I think they're going to have a hard... They've, they've got a tough run coming up as well. They're going to be hard-pressed to make a push for the eight when some other teams are outperforming them at the moment. And if they don't make the eight, that's a failed season. If they don't make top four, it's a failed season. And they had premiership aspirations this year. Yeah, they did. Um, so, Papali's rested. Tarpane, who was dropped last week, is back on the bench. Josh Hodgson's still another week away for Souths. Well, Cody Walker's been named at number one, where yep. he played last week. Yep. Um, Benji Marshall, who has just been in spectacular form for us, um, is named at six with Adam Reynolds. Uh, Tavita Totola has been named, but will need to pass an HIA. Um, and Latrell is still out until 
round 11. But looking forward to him coming back well-rested um, and with his body in good condition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also uh, thought Kolomatangi had an awesome game. Kolomatangi was really good. I thought Cody... That, with one of those catches that Cody Walker made at fullback, you, you yeah. have confidence in him playing back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was the right move to move the fullback. Alex Johnson... He's an incredible winger. Yeah. He's just not a good fullback. Yeah, it's... And Benji's, Benji's made... He's played 580 his whole career. So it was a perfect it was a perfect move. Uh, you don't lose too much. And I think that's why Souths win this week. Um, yeah. Canberra's still missing their fullback. They're missing their starting hooker. Jared Croker's out. Josh Papali's out. They've, they've got to... You know, they're putting this forward pack together, trying to find out... Um, Who's going to step up? And Souths are just playing better. The only yeah. thing, the only thing I would say, is letting thirty points in on the weekend is not a good sign for Souths. Exactly, Souths. exactly. And I, I just, I'm going to bank some of it on David Fafita being hard to control. Um, <laughs> a little can, bit. Can we get away with that? <laughs> he's bit second, of an understatement, he's, but you he's know, second in try scoring this was, year. <laughs> it was literally under eight style, like pass it to the biggest kid on the field. Yeah. Um, so hat trick for him. Part of it was probably that, and probably. Missing your regular fullback there at the back, but Cody Walker does have good talk on the field. Um, I just want him to tone down his aggression a bit. Yeah. David Peachy sort of bumped him after a tight end scored a try and he got a bit fired up. So maybe maybe a bit of Gold Coast nightlife as well. Maybe distracted him a bit. I don't know. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right, you go rabbits on that one as well. Ah, uh, yeah, going rabbits on okay. that one. Okay. Next game, we have Melbourne Storm. Versus the Cronulla Sharks. Yeah, 6 o'clock Friday. Not so keen on this time slot for these two teams. But mm. there's a big name named at number three, and it's for Cronulla Michael. Yeah. Uh, formerly of Melbourne Storm, Will Chambers. Uh, back in the NRL after a stint in rugby. Um, Matt Moylan has been dropped, I believe, for Sean Johnson, uh, which is, I think, the right call. Sean Johnson is a better player than Matt Moylan is, and Will Kennedy has been too good to not keep the fullback spot, I think. Definitely. Wade Graham is also back after his head knock. Yeah. And Tolman back after suspension. Um, Sofa Solomona and Jennings, I believe, are out for Melbourne due to concussion. Um, yeah. But, yeah, other than that, Melbourne are pretty... Um, Pappenhausen's still off. Now, Tom Eisenhuth is in the centers. side. Yeah, he's in the side. Now, there is an excellent... If I recommend this for anyone that hasn't listened to it. Um, Phil Gould tells an excellent story about Tom Eisenhuth from about two or three weeks ago in one of his podcasts. Yeah, it's, on it's, nine, it's, uh, Six Tackles with on Gus. On six, six Tackles with Gus. Really interesting story about his career progression. So um, for anyone that's li- that likes listening to podcasts other than ours, um, or, you know, we'll forgive you, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> Listen to both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen to both. Um, I, I, it's, it's a really interesting listen, so I recommend that. Can who, I? Yeah. yeah, go for go, it. No, go, go for it. I was going to ask you who you're going for here. But... Uh, I'm going to go for Melbourne. Can I just say, Jerome Hughes, Jerome Hughes is slowly becoming one of the better halfbacks in the NRL. He is so good at everything on the field. He's good. He's solid in defense. His last tackle options are getting better and better. His kicking game is solid. And he carved up... Uh, who'd they play last week? The Warriors? He carved up the Warriors last week. Yeah. He was fantastic. And he does he does this regularly. It's incredible to think that at one point after Kronk left, 
the Storm weren't sure if they were going to go with Riley Jacks. Riley Jacks, Brody Croft, Brody or, Croft Jerome or Jerome Hughes. Hughes. Hughes was a fullback yeah. over Pappenhausen. I know. And now they've got Hughes at, six, uh, Hughes at seven and Pappenhausen at one. That's persistence, right? Yeah. So, uh, Melbourne there? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, down in Melbourne, um, they've looked really strong. Yeah. Now, Although, although their defense, I'm not sure about 20 points against a depleted Warriors side and 18 against the Dogs. It's something I'd just watch. Yeah. Something I'd just watch. Yep. Okay, Broncos and host Titans on Friday night. Uh, I can't believe that Brisbane get the wooden spoon and still get Friday night games um, like this. But, you know, Queensland derby. Uh, Big brother versus baby brother. Who's who? Well, baby brother's the Titans. No, but, but who's baby... who at the moment? <laughs> baby brother's the Titans, but yeah. baby brother's whipping uh, big brother's ass lately. He's outgrown him, I think, and uh, David Fafita might be a big part of that. Uh, you spoke about his hat-trick just a moment ago. He is so damaging on that edge, and no one seems to be able to stop him. Um, they no. are... Look, Titans have been up and down a bit this year. They've been a bit inconsistent, but they can score points. They can score points, but they they still conceded yeah. forty yeah. against it's, South. It's almost two weeks in a row they scored, yeah. conceded thirty six against Manly. So their defense is questionable, but I think their attack is is solid. I really enjoyed that try just before halftime. The um, Fogarty one. Was it? Fo- yeah, Fo- yeah, the one where they spread it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From their Fantastic. own end. it was it was great rugby league. I want to see more teams do that. Not, not enough teams do it. I you might think. see it this weekend in this game. Possibly. Um, Possibly. Uh, so for Brisbane, Milford and Gamble in the halves. Yeah, they're so taking a bit of a gamble. That is a bit of a gamble, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, Tyson Gamble. He's played a couple first grade games, I believe, but really untested. Milford's back in the side. Um, Tom Dearden has been dropped. Yeah, as and as so as has um, Croft. Croft. Yeah. I think Dearden's being dropped more because of the fact that he's signed with the Cowboys. Yeah, starting next signed year. with the Cowboys. Uh, so they've got... Townsend and they've got Dearden and yeah. Drinkwater. They're looking to renew his contract too, I believe. So yeah, he'll probably play fullback. Bit of a party up maybe. There. We'll see what happens. Uh, um, Alex Glenn is out for around a month um, after tearing his calf during the warm up in Darwin. Yep. For the Titans, Anthony Don is back uh, for his first game since round four, and Herman SES is the new face on the bench, and Big Tino is due back from suspension next week. Yeah. I got the Titans. Yeah, I can't tip the Broncos. I not, think not the, from what I've seen. How are you thinking on the Gold Coast? Okay, so based on what I, what I've what I've seen, I think Manly are not going to end up. Manly are probably going to be periphery. Yep. Between six and ten. Yep. And I I, I think the Gold Coast are going to um, convincingly beat any team that is in the bottom half of the ladder. I agree. And um, we'll. If they're lucky, they'll get a couple of wins around those around them and then maybe struggle against the top teams. That's how I see it. Until they clean up their defense, they can score points, but... And I think I think that's a case for any team that's not that top five yeah. that uh, is so dominant at the moment, which is Penrith by country mile, then Melbourne, Roosters, Souths, Para. Yeah. Right? They're your top yeah, yeah. five. Yeah. Right? Dragons are close to that, uh, but they finally versed a good team on the weekend and got pumped. Um, well, we did a, we were talking about this, um, off broadcast yesterday yeah. about how Penrith are miles ahead, right? Yeah. And then Paris, Souths, uh, Melbourne and the Roosters make up the rest of the top five. Yeah. Uh, they've 
all so Souths are six and Souths and Paris six and one. Roosters and Storm are five and two. Yeah. Yet all of them, their um, points for is between one hundred and ninety seven and two hundred and two, and points against is between ninety four and one hundred and four. Yeah. Okay, so it's all statistically very close. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's I agree. the the best and then the rest, right? Yeah, I agree. They're one of those five teams, probably Panthers and one of those four teams, are going to be in the grand final, is what we're thinking this close, uh, this far into the season. Um, Titans are, like you said, they can beat the bad teams. It's whether they can compete against the good teams and... Uh, Beat them. That's that's gonna make that's gonna be the difference between them making the eight and not making the eight. Yeah. Now I also messaged you uh, during I think on Monday. Uh, at the moment, there's only six teams with a winning record in the NRL. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's nuts. That's and that's bad. It shows the divide between the top and the bottom. Yeah, and those six teams plus Cronulla are the only ones with a positive four and against. Yeah. 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 Although I guess having seven, seven and eight is not unusual. Yeah, that's, but that's normal. But I mean, yeah. Cronulla is just in there with a four and against of eight. Yeah. And the Dragons are just in there with a four and against of 12. Yeah. So, anyway. Who you got for that one, by the way? Uh, no, I'm the Titans. Okay. Um, I can't, can't take the Broncos as of yet. I'm stunned. Saturday afternoon, we go to Bathurst, where Penrith, um, who are doing a lot in that western New South Wales area. Um, they've got quite a lot of talent. They scout from out there. Uh, hosting Manly, last start winners once again. Uh, the big news is Coruscant will play his first game since round one. Yep. Um, Mitch Kenny goes to reserves, and um, for Manly, Hasler's named the same 17 who smashed the Tigers last week. No sign of Curtis Sirinan and Moses Sully in their team lists. Yeah, I... Um... If, if you asked me uh, who was going to win this two weeks ago, I would have emphatically said the Panthers. Yeah, this week? I'm still going to emphatically say the Panthers, but mm-hmm. it's a little closer. <laughs> a little closer. I think I think, I think think Manly has shown a lot in the last two weeks, and Tom is a big reason. Tom Dravojevic is a big reason for that. Yeah. Um, the Panthers are just so good, though. Like, they're, they're so... They attack on every possession... They're happy to spread it on first tackle. They're happy to do anything to get into an attacking uh, attacking uh, mindset, and their defense is solid as well. Jerome Luan, Nathan Cleary are the the best halves in the competition at the moment. Uh, their combination is incredible, and their spine's back. Yeah. And Coruscant's serve like the one thing that I've noticed over the last couple of weeks is that Mitch Kenny. Is a capable hooker, but his service isn't great. If you're getting excellent service out of Coruscant, which he will do, his team's just unstoppable. Yeah. I do think that having the draw in those two wins, mind you, against not top teams, but gives Manly a bit of confidence, and they're going to make it... They'll make it challenging for Penrith to win. I think so. I think so. I don't think... I think it'll be similar to what we saw out of, like, a Canberra, or even the Knights. The Knights put up, the Knights put up a good effort. Yeah. That, that scoreline blew out a bit late, but they put in a good effort for the first 65 minutes. So, uh, yeah, I'm going Panthers. I'm not going to tip against them. Probably all season. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. 5.30 game, two old rivals, Bulldogs hosting Parramatta. 
out of Stadium Australia. Bulldogs last start winners. We saw the emotional scenes from Trent Barrett. Um, Matt Dory and Chris Smith must pass concussion protocols to pay, play, but they've been named. Um, DWZ uh, and Wakeham have been named in the reserves. Lachlan Lewis and um, Jackson Topine uh, will be sitting out for another week. Um, for the Eels, Madison's been named to return for his first match since round two. That's crazy. I think he played in reserve grade last week just to get a bit of legs under him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, first game since that concussion. Um, he he was really good for them last year and he's a great player. Um, someone whose name was in the half origin at one point. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be a big addition. It's big boost. Big boost. Yep. Isaiah pa- uh, Ofehidi Ogden was oh, not Ofehidi uh, what's his name? Um, Oregon Kafusi Incredible on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i, again, incredible on the weekend. Their forward pack's been really good. And, yeah, I the look, they beat, I the, think, they beat the Broncos. Yeah, I know. I think is, the dogs would be more competitive, I, I be more so. confident. I think so. Um, and just, you know, it, it's it's a rival. You lift a bit. Um, I still think Parra will win, but I don't think it'll be the walk in the park that um, Parramatta had in Darwin. I agree. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm still going to tip para though. Yeah, um, me too. Should be an easy one. Saturday night at seven thirty. Looking forward to this one, Mike. It's Newcastle and the Roosters uh, up in Newcastle. Newcastle obviously coming off that big win last week. Look at that smug smile on his face. Roosters coming off that big win last week, not Newcastle. Oh, what did I say? Newcastle. Newcastle. Oh, sorry. No wonder. <laughs> no wonder. And um, Penrith were competitive. Sorry, Newcastle were competitive against the Panthers, yeah. um, but they ran away with it. Yeah. Um, so O'Brien's named the same 17 for that, and Teddy has been named. He has been named. Do you expect him to play? I think he will. Uh, Robert Meadow mentioned the press conference about it being his first for year, and there wasn't any lingering effects. He just failed the HIA. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he played. If he doesn't play... I still don't expect we see Joseph Swally. Really? You no, don't? No. I think I think Manu will go to fullback. Yeah. And I think Ikevalu will come onto the wing, like we did um, when Teddy went off. When Teddy went off. Yeah. I think that'll be what happened because Joseph Manu is better than most of the fullbacks in the competition, and he's playing in the centres. Um, Fair enough. I yeah. I look. Knights are, Knights are almost fully fit. The only player who's really missing for them is Mitchell Pierce. Who I know is a big piece. He's a very big piece. But the Knights' record against the Roosters is also terrible of late. I don't think they've beaten us in a long time. Oh, no, that's that's a lie. They beat us uh, in that game where Kiri got concussed about two, two years, years ago. ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Yep. Uh, other than that, they've had a really rough record against us. Um, I love Sam Walker. And he's going to get rewarded with a big deal by the looks of it. Sam Walker is... The 2021 version of Harry Grant to you. <laughs> You've moved on. I'll let Harry know that you're breaking up. Got my new toy. You got... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, so I'm guessing you're going for the Roosters. I'm going for the Roosters. I'm not convinced. I think Newcastle could do something. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Roosters. Uh, they got Takeaho back on the bench as well which would be a nice addition. Um, Angus Crichton looked really good on the weekend. Um, yeah, I just... 
I think there's still too much talent in this Roosters side. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to tip against them against the Knights. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That's, that's all we'll say about that. So, staying on, uh, staying staying up the M1, we're going to the Central Coast on Sunday afternoon. The Warriors host the Cowboys. Uh, Tohu Harris and Fossatua return to the side. Um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek reclaims his rightful spot at fullback. And boom rookie Reese Walsh is taken over at 5'8 from last week's um, amazing work by Bailey Serenin. And um, Walsh's... Roger, Roger, uh, Reese Walsh actually played fullback last week. Roger yeah. played 5'8". Yeah, yeah. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they switch again. Reese Walsh is the future fullback. Uh, I don't know whether Brownie's going to stick to this at the moment, but we'll see what happens. Um, both are skilled enough to play both positions, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, Torhu's a big addition, though. Yeah. Really, really big addition. Yeah, and speaking of big additions, uh, Jason Tamalolo is back for the Cowboys. Um, is that a sign? I know it's from injury, but is it a sign that the coach really wants to win this one? I don't know. They've won three in a row without him. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> you know, all stops on deck when you're coaching against the club you helped last year. So true, very true. Yeah, look, you're not going to keep Tamalolo out of his side if he's healthy. No. Nah. Um, Who you got for this one? This is one of the harder games to pick this round. I'm going with the Warriors. I think they're a better team all round, and I just think they're going to have a bit too much firepower. I'm still not convinced yeah. of the Cowboys. I just, I, They've won three in a row, I know, and, I, and I you just, don't want to be lulled in. I just in. look at it and I'm like, yeah. why, why have they won? I, I don't get it. They beat the Tigers. They beat what, the Bulldogs. Yeah. And then I guess Canberra was a good win, but Canberra's been terrible. So, like, I can't take too much out of those wins. I, I'm sticking with the Warriors here. Look, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong about the Cowboys, but I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. I'm going for the Warriors as well. Yeah. Sunday afternoon football in Wollongong. Dragons and the Tigers. Probably one of the more intriguing games of the round. The Dragons played their grand final last weekend and lost. Uh, the Tigers, we've just spent what, most of this podcast talking about them. Ben Hunt returns from a broken leg. Um, Jack Bird is back out to the centres and Cody Ramsey's on the wing. Pereira and Ravalawa will be missing from this side. Um, Cyril Fuimeono was charged uh, on the weekend, but it was just a fine, so he'll play. For the Tigers, Joey Lalua has been cleared of a broken thumb and will return in the centres in place of Michael Cheekham. Um, then... Um, Thomas McKayley has been called on to the interchange in place of Zane Musgrove, who did miss a lot of tackles last weekend. Mm. So, Michael, who you got here? Uh, I'm going to go for Dragons, just because how can you tip the Tigers after what we've spoken about, what we've seen? These are the games where the Tigers should win, and they just always seem to lose. They lose against the bad teams, and then they'll play their best football against teams like Souths. Yep. But this is why I think, this is why I'm tipping the Tigers. Because they've been ridden off, and the Dragons are sitting in sixth spot. They got rattled on Anzac Day, completely rattled. They have a far stronger side and should be easy favourites in this game. This is why I'm tipping the Tigers. Because the Tigers are not expected to win this game. Okay. You, I know you have a different perspective on St. George, but this is a much better team on paper against a team that's an equal last. 
I'm, I'm tipping the dra- I just So the problem with the Dragons, and I, I said this last week, is they're so focused on going straight up the middle. Yeah. Right? And against bad defenses, that works. That's yep. why they've won all these games. They've got a huge four-pack who can just push over the advantage line and get you quick play of the balls. But against a good defense who knows how to break that down, they're going to lose. And then their defense, because it's so heavy in the middle and their backs are so weak, yeah, you can beat them on the edges. Yep. Right? That's why the Roosters won. The Tigers don't have that firepower. I just, I just don't think their forward pack is strong enough to be able to push over the advantage line, beat you around dummy half like the Roosters did. And look, I think I think last week was a bit of a reality check for the Tiger for the for the Dragons, but I think they're still a better team. Uh, that's why I think they're going to win. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go the Tigers. So we're split on that one. Yeah. So recapping our tips for round eight. Okay, so we've both gone Souths in Canberra. We've yeah. Both gone Melbourne to beat Cronulla at home. Both going uh, Gold Coast to beat the Broncos. Both going Penrith over Manly. Both going Para over Canterbury. Um, did I tip Newcastle? No, you tipped the Roosters. No, I tipped the Roosters. Unconvincingly. Unconvincingly. Uh, Roosters to beat Newcastle in Newcastle. The Warriors to beat the uh, Cowboys. And you've gone St. George, and I'm going the Tigers. Yeah. I, I will last... regret that on Monday morning. I think those last three games are the harder ones to pick in the round. Um, maybe the first one as well, if you get a good Canberra side. We'll see. But yeah, I, look, I'm, I'm quite nervous about the Canberra game, to be honest. Yeah, going to be a cold Thursday night down in Canberra. I know, but they had a short turnaround. They have, they have, Saturday to... Saturday to Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. And they've come from uh, tropical North Queensland. So it will be a bit of a battle for them. We'll see how they go. So um, yeah, I still think yeah, South should win that game, but depends what Canberra turns up. Uh, the rest of it, I think, is yeah, should be a good round of football. We're seeing a bit more like even games last. Like I know we're tipping similar, but like there's a bit more army and ari about who's going to win. Yeah. Rather than like oh definite favorite, and like you look at like the odds as well, like this, the betting markets. There's no dollar five favorites to nine dollar favorite type things going on as much anymore, unless yeah. you're. That's true. That's it. More, getting a bit more of an even competition, which is what I like to see. Exactly. Yeah. That's it from us. It is that. Is, that is it from us. Um, should be a good week of football. It should be. All right. I look forward to doing this again. Yeah, we'll leave you there uh, with one more thing. How, How good, good is, is rugby, rugby league? league? Thanks, guys.